Welcome back, everybody, to the Next Level Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie, and I have a very interesting guest today. I've never had anybody, I don't even think I know very many people who are sports betters. Um, so I have Nick Diaz, right? I said it, Diaz? Yes, Diaz. you had a home run. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't totally understand him because he has an accent. I'm going to blame it on that. Yeah, New York. That, that's yeah. right. Yeah, born and raised New Yorker. I'm from Queens. I uh, just moved out to Vegas in September. Awesome. So it'll be about six months now. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So welcome to the show. I'm just busting his chops because I am so bad with names. Obviously, I'm ridiculous. I blame it also on me being from Canada because we pronounce things different. We even spell things differently. Yeah, you do. You spell favorite with a U. Yeah, color with a U. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. weird, man. Theater, I think the E and the R are reversed, uh, too. It's kind of weird. I, so. I had a phase where I was going to Toronto, like, two or three times a year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, not even because, like, I fell in love with anyone or anything. It was just, like, you know, like, people long-distance relationships and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. But, nah, I was just, I went to Toronto for OVO Fest. I don't know what that is. It's Drake's big, like, festival and concert. Yes, Drake is huge in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went there, and then we just, I tell everybody that Toronto is a way cleaner New York City. It's true. It really is. Like, it's Mm -hmm. it it has the vibe of a big city. It's dope. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of people. But it was just spotless. And one day, my friend and I were getting breakfast. And as we're walking by, he's like, dude, it's really fucking clean here. I was like, yeah, it really is. I don't know if I could curse if that's cool. Of course, go All for right. it. Yeah, yeah. This is so, a cursing positive nice, and, nice. And, and encouraged podcast. Yeah, yeah. We got the E on the on the podcast logo so we could let it rip. But uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah, Canada's dope. I, I like Canada. Not in the winter, though. It's horrible in the winter, hence why I'm here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, New York is the same, so... Yeah, definitely yeah. nicer out here. Vegas is great. You were smart for making the decision and move here. I've, Hopefully. Yeah, no, I've I, I've yet to go back to New York. I mm-hmm. just actually, ironically enough, today I booked to go back for Easter in April. Okay. So it'll be the first time that I'll be back home. It's the longest that I've been away from home like ever. Uh, really? Even when I went to I went to Buffalo for college for a couple of years. And that was, you know, college. You're there for what eight, 10 weeks spans and then you're back home for a little bit. But I love it out here. I have yeah. no desire to leave. I feel like this is home already. I've been coming here for so many, so many years I've been coming. But the last couple was more not being an asshole on the strip with my buddies and bachelor <laughs> yeah. parties and whatnot. So it was more for like networking and, and, and work purposes. And I don't know, with everything that I do, this is the place for me to be. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome again, not just to the podcast, but to the city. Yeah. yeah no, thank you, cool. thank you. We're happy to have you. We need some good people in this city to dilute all of the <laughs> all shitty the ones, yeah, <laughs> all yeah. the trash, all the shit that are here. It's, it's happening. Lots right. of people are migrating here. So yes, welcome again. So Nick is a sports content creator, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a sports better. He has a podcast called Veterans Minimum. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me what that means. It's like an inside sports yeah, secret so, name. So I've been doing that show since 2015. And it started with about four other guys. And then through the years, you know, people just grow out of it, different interests. And it was the only thing I wanted to do. Like I actually dropped out of college with like 24 credits to go because I was like, yeah, I kind of want to create content. Wow. Like, what were you taking? Yo, truthfully, it was like. We like the truth. Yeah, yeah, it was like business administration. <laughs> and then I got like uh, I got my associate's degree from a junior college and the community college, I should say. And then I don't know. I just had this I had this moment like no, no bullshit, like out of a movie where I was I'm Greek. Right. Okay. So Deus is a Greek last name and everyone calls me Lamb. That's like my nickname back home because uh, we had like five different Nick D's. Oh, really? So everyone had like their different like boss. We had Teddy because it was Okay, but why name. lamb? Like lamb, lamb like L-A-M-B? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. like for Greek Easter, we eat lamb on the rotisserie, on okay. the spit. So I don't know. I took a picture when I was like 15, 16 years old and my friends found it hilarious. So it just stuck. It was like, yo, lamb, lamb. Now even my parents call me that too. So it's like kind of my... But did you look like a lamb or why? Did, what was so great about this picture nah, that they associated it was, you with it being was like, a lamb? Yeah, I was just next to it and I took a picture and that with was it. With the lamb, like a full... Yeah, it was cook- being cooked, but I just took, like I was standing next to it with my family. And I don't know, my friends just found it funny. So 
the rest is history as they I say. I see. Yeah. All right. I think I might need that photo. Yeah. I, you know what's funny? <laughs> I've had so many people ask me about that photo and I, I don't know where it is. Oh, wow. Like this was, I was, um, I'll be 32 next month. So like 15, 16 years ago, this picture was, okay. you know, so anyway, uh, went on a tangent a little bit. We but digress all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, Fine. so yeah, um, I, I was taking a Greek class and one of my friends that I grew up with, she was also in my class too in college. And we were, we would always grab lunch together because it was like that weird period where my last class ended at like two 30, but then my next one was at six 30. So mm-hmm. it was too short of a gap to like go all the way back home and then come back and make no sense. Right. So we're grabbing lunch and I literally had a notebook like that for my schoolwork. And then I had a binder with a bunch of stats and notes and all this podcast shit. And she just turned to me and she's like, dude, we have our midterm. Like, why are you even here? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, why are you here? All you do is talk about your fucking podcast. Like, why don't you just go do that? You know, I went and I, I'm taking the midterm and like 10 minutes in, I just stand up. I go, I hand it to my professor. I was like, yo, I'm out. She's like, what do you mean you're out? I was like, ah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna figure it out. I'll be all right. And my friend is looking at me the way you are right now. She's like, oh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm out. I was like, I'm out. And I went home. And I told my parents they were not happy at all. Cause I guess not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like holy. it was still like, I still feel like podcasting is like at 20% of where it's going to get to. Right. Like we're talking about it right now in 2023. Yeah. Back then it was probably at like 8%. Like no one really knew about it. So I just told my parents, I was like, yo, I'm a big figure it out guy. Um, I do have plans and goals and, you know, you need to have some sorts of pats on the back along the road and all that, all that cliche shit. It's really Mm -hmm. true. But I just told my parents, I was like, yo, I'm going to figure it out. And I feel like this is all I care about. This is all I think about. Like I cancel on my friends so I could go and record or study something. I cancel dates because like, yo, I got to edit this video. And it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, so I want to hear a little bit more about this cliche shit because this is the stuff that we talk about on the podcast. We want to get to the nitty-gritty, the practical, what differentiates those people that are successful and just make shit happen in their life and those that don't. And it really does come down to those like minute things. So what I'm hearing from you is you pretty much identified that you were incredibly obsessed and committed to this podcasting and content creating and you were following a path that wasn't really authentic or of interest to you. And at some point that light switch went on and Mm. obviously your friend kind of made you realize, holy fuck, what am I doing? Like, this is not what I love to do. But then there is a space when, okay, anyone can come to that realization, but you materialized it. So what happened after that? What happened when you just said, fuck this, I'm not doing this exam? You said you just figure shit out. What does that mean to Nick? What does figuring shit out look like? So we need to, I I need to add more context to this because to understand like where, like my background too, my mom is a teacher, Mm -hmm. born and raised in the US. My dad is super duper off the boat Greek. Like if you meet okay. him, you could tell right away, this dude is not American, right? <laughs> okay. So he's, if you ask my dad, like, what's it mean to be successful? He'll point to his pockets. Like my dad is bottom line money. He's like, let me make $500 more a week and fuck being happy and depressed. Like my dad is old school. And I get it. Cause that was his generation, you know? Yeah. So my dad to this day has a coffee truck in New York city, like breakfast sandwiches and bagels and donuts and all that. So my whole life was I never interned anywhere because I didn't want to I never wanted to have a boss like I never wanted to work for someone and my dad was self-employed and I would always see my dad have money cash business yeah super dope every day just having money and he had no overhead like there was no he didn't answer to anyone self-employed ultimate if you if you work you eat if you don't you're not right so I was working with my dad, so I would wake up at 2.30 in the morning, go all the way from Long Island to New York City, work in Manhattan, then come back all the way to Long Island, take a nap, work out, because I had gotten really fat at one point. Okay. I was, like, close to, like, 250 pounds. Wow. Yeah, I'm about, like, I'm probably, like, 205 now, because yesterday was the Super Bowl, and 
boy, was I being a piece of shit at the buffet table. <laughs> you were just an asshole yeah, 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 yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Beers. You and gained I five love, pounds. And I love from... beer and pizza. Like, if it wasn't for <laughs> beer and pizza, I'd be in way better shape. But those mm -hmm. two, it's like, I can't say no to it. So I was going, I was working out, I was losing weight, and then I would drive back into Astoria to record the podcast, then go back home, and it'd be like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, rinse and repeat four days a week. Because I was recording it at my buddy's house. Four days a week? Four days a week, yeah. Wow. And this was a podcast on, what What was your topic? So it was, Veterans Minimum was a sports, it's a sports show. So sports you were recording sports. the sports four days a week. I guess there's betting that goes on every Yeah, day so we would record two episodes for that, and then I okay. had branched off and made my own podcast. Wow. Yeah, so I was doing a lot. I was doing a lot. But this was also a different period in time, right? There were four other guys that I was doing the show with, and then I branched off, and I did one wrestling show with another friend completely different from everything else while doing my sports show and then i did a sports betting show wow so i was doing a lot and and that was like a good two and a half years of that same routine that i just mentioned to you and then eventually when the rest of the guys that i was doing the show with were like dude my one friend he's a big like youtube instagram he, he has his own podcast so he's like i really want to focus on like the comedy stuff i don't really watch sports He's like, I don't want to do it no more. My other friend is like the most complacent kid in the world. Like nicest kid. If he's a type of dude that if you didn't like him, I'd be like, there's something wrong with her. You know what <laughs> okay. I mean? Like one of yeah. those people. And then my other friend wanted to do like fantasy sports. That was his thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, this is the only thing I like doing. You know, let me. So I took it over and then um, I stopped doing the wrestling show. I stopped doing the betting show. And I kind of like fused everything into like what my general interests are. So it's like you get sports, you get sports betting. But if I find you interesting, I like having people on my show. Mm -hmm. So I would I would say mine is like a general sports podcast. Okay. Heavily betting influenced is the way I would describe it. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. So going back to, we digress again, which we do again, like I said, all the time. <laughs> I call it controlled so, chaos on my controlled show. Controlled like chaos. Always, I'll always bring it back to a point. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. I might have to adopt that. Feel free. Um, so we were talking about your little strategies and how you kind of came to making that jump, mm. right? And creating the success. Your father was hardcore Greek and you're learning these skills about just being your own boss and creating, um, life on your terms, right? right? So he was very focused on just making money, making money, no matter what you said, happiness can wait yeah. <laughs> fulfillment can wait yeah, yeah, you yeah. just always have to have money in your pocket so that influenced you quite a bit in growing up and you being sort of this entrepreneur at such a young age yeah which is so fascinating because i'm the worst with money i was gonna say we'll get into that because you basically bet and risk money yeah all yeah the time. but it's not even what i mean by that is like i'm not in love with money i think that's a huge advantage because people are so obsessed that they make bad decisions yeah right? and not even in, in in betting like in like in anything i rather i rather spend money for like experiences and memories as opposed to like things like i'm not into things at all mm -hmm. i was telling you guys before we started recording like when i sports bet and i win i like to buy sneakers <laughs> So like now, right? I like, wish, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say zoom so on the like, sneakers, I'll, I'll, the podcast uh, so I'll, um, sponsored sneakers. Yeah, so like when I look at them, it's like, oh, these are the East of LeBrons. I paid a good amount of money for them, but I remember like, oh, this was when I bet what's his name to win the MVP and shit like that. And that's how I have all my, <laughs> yo, all my sneakers. I just ordered sneakers because I bet Argentina to win the World Cup. Yes, and so, they did. And yep. they did, and uh, I just ordered a pair of. Oh my god. Hope my hope my mom doesn't see this, but like seven hundred dollars sneakers. Oh my god! And I would never buy those unless it was this. Got it. You know what I mean? Like I shop at outlets. Yeah, I yeah. Do like I'm not into clothes at all. I wear a lot. Like my friends make fun of me for the way I dress. It's like super comfortable and kind of like <laughs> I've had the same jeans for like six years or whatever. But when it comes to like the sports betting and winning, that's when I like to like splurge a little bit. Right. If that makes sense. But also just. Of 
I like. I'm a chick. I mean, yeah, <laughs> of course I get it. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> talking to you about spending money on on clothes and bags, probably. But I was gonna say, shoes to you is like a purse to a chick. Like so, we okay. could be in like our workout wear and have our Louis Vuitton bag. Yo, so I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> that because I've had these conversations with all my guy friends. So no shit, we have no idea what we're talking about. Let's when it jump comes to into this. it. Ask me girl questions. How we treat sneakers is how you treat bags. hundred. Because we were saying percent. shoes yes. also, but I was like, I don't know if it's shoes. I leaned more so to, to bags. I I mean, girls look at the bag before the shoes. I mean, unless you're really, really, I think, uppity and like have endless amounts of money, then the girls will look down to the shoes. Shoes are cool. But the bag, you can see it everywhere. It goes on the table. You're yeah. fiddling around. You're finding, it's like the magic bag that doesn't like ever end. Yeah. You know, like you just pull, we just pull shit out of our bags that, you know, like when mothers, we are the worst. We have everything mm. in our diaper bags. Our purses become the same thing. Like it's ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, it's seen everywhere. It carries everything. The shoes, not a big deal. It's crazy because as guys, I mean, at least for me, I don't look at either of those things. Like <laughs> right. I don't look at the bag or the shoes at all. What do you look at? A lot of other things. I'm going to keep it PG for now, I think. But <laughs> okay, not at girls, but at guys. What would you notice in guys? First thing, every first single thing. time, their feet. Your eyes go to the feet? Yeah. I think I think a sneaker or a shoe makes the man. That's what my dad used to tell me, too. The amount of times I walk by dudes that, like, just, like, in passing, I'll be like, yo, good feet. And, like, they know what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. I'm shocked. I've yeah. learned something. So I'm also nice. I'm also a little weird. I'm, You're a, I'm a little unique cat. I'm so. not going to take that as a man general thing. I have to cross check this. Yeah. If, if this is like a for real. You'll be cross checking a lot of the things. That I'm gonna <laughs> tell you probably for I'm sure. going to give this as a unique thing to you, Nick, just because you have this obsession with. And it could be. It could be fetish. Yeah. Might I, I might even just call it. A yeah. Fetish I, ha shoe. I have friends that like look <laughs> to see if, if dudes are wearing watches. OK. Or jewelry. I, I don't I don't I don't like jewelry at all. Mm, um, mm. Don't like watches. Kind of like I think sneakers. Like for me, I always look at a dude's feet. Right, but you, you know. don't notice a girl's bag. You or notice her, other things. Or like her heels or it's body parts. You know kind yeah. of you can tell us. Yeah, smiles, yeah. Uh -huh. eyes, boobs or butt. Uh, I'm an ass man. You're an ass man. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, ladies, we know he's an ass man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, so back to back to podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. And if ladies, if you want to reach Nick, I think he's single. Even if he's not, here is we'll we'll yeah, let you know I'm how you I'm a free agent. I'm a free agent. Max contracts only though. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Austin <laughs> behind the desk, he's cracking up. He's about to get an offer from the Saints. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do I it. Love it. Okay, so. I want to hit back on this whole money mindset thing because mm. I haven't had anyone on the show yet where we were talking about money. And I think it's really important because people have so much of a negative association or this obsession with money that creates anxiety and negatively impacts just, it's a negative relationship. It's a relationship oh, yeah. with money. So it's interesting though that your father always had cash and always talked about wanting money or having money or, or the need to have it, but you didn't end up having a negative association. You're just like, dad works hard. He doesn't have a boss. He's got lots of cash. So you never were in lack. Mm. Were you ever in uh, lack? No. So I would say like, I grew up, growing up, it wasn't like I came from nothing. Not I'm not going to paint that picture. However, every time like bills came around, along, it was always like, we made it through February. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like my parents made just enough where we were like comfortable, but okay. it was always like kind of, mm, we can't maybe buy this or go out to dinner this okay. week because we need to pay for it. So like, that's how. So like, has, oh. has that ever messed around or affected the way you bet or how you've, handled so. money because i want to understand how you bet money i'm not a gambler i don't understand it but i know people do it obviously as a profession i mm. mean you you do this how you have to have a really good money mindset a relationship with money but given your upbringing how has that maybe influenced you or not or maybe you've had to get over it so 
Great question. Um, I was not always like this. Betting has been around my life, my whole life. I grew up with it. Okay. When I was seven years old, I tell this story all the time. When I was seven years old, my uncle came up to me with one of those parlay cards. Way back in the day, we get a parlay card. He's like, oh, pick four teams to win. I knew nothing about football. I was not introduced to football. The only thing I watched was soccer. I grew up a soccer kid. And I circled four teams. Couldn't tell you which ones they were. Next week, he comes back. He gives me $100. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you were how old? Seven. Seven and betting. Seven and Seven 100 or, bucks. Or, that's, no, that's pretty good. Hold on. I was eight. And the reason why I remember I was eight was because the first football game I remember watching was the Rams-Titans Super Bowl. Wow. And that was in 2000? It was the 99? Yeah, so 2000. So I was like eight. And that was the first time that I sat and watched an actual football game from the beginning. And I just remember saying, oh, this got to be easy. Right? <laughs> it got to be easy. Spoiler, it ain't easy. That shit is hard. So from like, I was, if you were to ask any of my childhood friends, I think they would tell you that I was going to do something with sports. Like I was always a sports dude. Like, oh, what do you think of this trade? What do you think this guy getting hurt? What does it do? Like, I was always that guy. And then when I got into my teenage years, I was like the betting guy. Like even teachers would come up to me like, yo, what's the line this week? You like it? Like they just knew. No yeah, way. They just knew. They just knew that <laughs> I was like. How old were you? High school. Oh my God. So like 15, <laughs> 16 teachers would be like, yo, what do you think? They're catching seven. You like this? I'd be like, yo, I kind of like it, you know? So, but. So this was something like a talent of yours that you really had cultivated at a young age. I was always an. It's the only thing I'll talk highly about myself is sports betting. I think when it comes to sports betting, whether it's the entertainment aspect and like knowing what it means and what is being said by this line being seven points, I don't think there's many like me. That's the only time I'll be like full of myself. Everything else, I think I'm kind of like average mid on everything else, you know, but that's the one thing I think I hold myself to a high standard. And through the years, I was not always like this as far as like managing my money. Because mm -hmm. I feel as if there's a difference between gambling and betting. Okay. I think there's share. a massive difference. Um, I've actually had a gambling, uh, a gambling doctor, gambling, like he was like a, a therapist, like a gambling therapist. Okay. And he had like over 100,000 clients in the UK. He's, he's, he's American, but he lives in, in London. And I had him on my show. And when I told him that, he's like, nah, no way. And then I told him and he's like, I've never thought of it that way. Oh, my God. Tell me yeah. the secret. So, I'm, I'm eager. So I think gambling is all uh, when you have no control of something. Example, a roulette table. Um, uh, scratch offs, right? Um, take five, quick pick, mega million, all that stuff. Uh, I mentioned roulette. I'd say blackjack, there's a form of skill, right? If you get good enough where you could count cards, maybe you could give yourself a little bit of an edge. Uh, craps table, you're rolling the dice. You have no control. You can't say to yourself, I'm going to roll aces. It's impossible. Can you say it when you're hammered with your girlfriends and you're at the craps table and it just so happens like, oh, shit, that was dope. But you have no control <laughs> over that, right? It's like the same time when I go to the roulette table with my buddies. I do one spin and I'm out. Mm -hmm. And I'll mm -hmm. throw it on red always. My favorite show is Entourage. And when they would go to the casinos, they always bet on red. And my favorite number is 10. So I bet on red and then I throw like 50 bucks on the number 10. That's it. One spin and I'm out. But and how, many, how many times have you won? On, on roulette? Yeah. I mean, colors, it's been often, but numbers, I've hit it twice. Okay. And it was dope because I'd be like, yo, give me a black 10 and then it hit and i was like yo but i say that every time so i'm probably like two for 77 or something okay shit. so not very good odds but okay. yeah but so that i think is gambling mm -hmm. betting is when you give yourself just a little bit of an edge so like if with betting lines right there's ways where you could see things and say you know what they shouldn't be a seven point favorite they should be a 10 point favorite so you're getting what that's called value right it's when Whatever your perception and your system or your analytics are is how you gain edges. Mm -hmm. So when you're betting, poker is a great example of that's actually betting. It's skill-based. Are you familiar with Texas Hold'em at all, poker? A poker? Yeah. Yes. So like if yes. you get like if you get bit. like five of diamonds and a king of hearts 
that's a shit hand. You're going to fold it. Yeah. But you have that option. You don't need to play it. Whereas a roulette table, you have to play it. So like poker, sports betting, there's ways where you can gain an edge. That's where I think it's betting. So that's where the difference is, where it's like, it's calculated. There's actual insight and input that you could put into a decision that you make. That's so, like my mind is blown because I never thought of that as a difference either. And what I'm hearing then too is there's strategy and there's an ability to actually get leverage on your chances then, which obviously you can't with gambling. It's like literally you put it on there and it's up to the wheel. So as you've cultivated your knowledge and your strategy and your Mm. approach to betting, you've probably had better outcomes, I'm assuming. I mean, it makes you good at what you do. Yeah, and also I would say that up until... I think podcasting really saved me from like losing all my money and actually gambling. Because when I first started podcasting, I wasn't able to actually bet because it wasn't legal in New York. So you had to do like the sketchy shit with like bookies and whatnot, which everyone was doing. Like anyone that bets always did that. But you weren't really allowed to go and like talk about that because like you could get people coming after you or whatnot and it's illegal. Right. So, um, it was always now we know the other reason why he moved to Nevada. <laughs> nah, <laughs> to it actually, keep it all legit. Nah, no. no, it's actually so much. This is the shittiest place to bet, and it's the betting capital of the world. Why is it the shittiest? Because place? in New York, you have so many different apps and so many more options, and you have the the apps are just like twenty twenty three apps, which like some of the sports books out here. Their apps are like from the 1980s, and there weren't even apps back then, obviously. But that's how shitty they are, and and they limit. <laughs> if there to was like, something that existed, yeah, back that's in how the 80s, shitty that's how be. shitty it would be. <laughs> and and also just like here, like the limits that they put on you, and they don't give you as many options. Where like back in New York, you had all these other sports books, which they're not sponsored of, the, of this show, so I'm not going to do that to them. Give them free pub, but they give you more options, and it's just it's just better. Like back in New York, it's that's the real betting capital of the world. Sorry, Vegas. I wow. love you. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh, we got an upper game here. So okay. I I was always gambling when I was younger, like a lot, like a lot of parlays, like eight leg parlays, 20 bucks to win 3,000, right? Like I was always trying to hit those. And you'd hit one like once a football season, but you're just losing every week. Mm-hmm. And then once I started podcasting, it allowed me to talk about it. And I would get the same fix from as if I was winning, right? where when Dr. Leslie would tweet at me like, good ass call about the Panthers, dude. I just won this. And I'd be like, I feel like I won. Because now you're listening and I got you as a listener and I'm building this audience because now you're telling Austin, you're telling Mike and Bill like, yo, I know this kid that, you know, I'm listening. I listen to his show. I follow his content and I'm winning all this money. So I was getting that same adrenaline rush from fans hitting me up and saying, yo, I listened to what you said about so-and-so and and i won this money thanks man and i was like oh dude so i i went like two years without betting like at all because like when i I was so focused on the podcast in the beginning where i wasn't betting and i was just like on a week-to-week basis it would just be like the content and creating and just talking about the odds and yeah talking about talking about the odds and then i would say i really started betting i really started betting like the last 18 months was like where i feel like you know the you ever read uh malcolm gladwell's uh, the outliers. Yes. Yeah. You know, that, that like uh-huh. 10,000 hours rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of yeah. like six books I've ever read. So I don't want to impress you with me being this like uh, b- book junkie by, by any means. But that one stood out to me like the 10,000 yeah. hours. And I feel mm-hmm. like I finally put those 10,000 hours into like sports betting and understanding it where now it's I don't really parlay. Right. Not needing many outcomes. It's like yeah. straight betting. And there's ways where, you know, you pick one game and you it's your favorite game of the week. You bet a little bit more on that one. Mm-hmm. And then even if your other two games that you bet go south, you could still come out with a profit. So right. I'm betting less games, but I'm betting more on them. Yeah. So you've really evolved the way you bet. So yeah. how have you been doing in this new wave of betting? The last 18 months, I paid off a student loan. Wow. Yeah. Um, Impressive. I... I've I've been doing really well. I've been doing really well. Yeah, it's been it's been dope to have like a a third income, 
I would say. And oftentimes I kind of just treat my accounts as like investments Mm -hmm. because I feel like I have more leverage and opportunities there than I do on like the Robin Hood app or Coinbase. I don't even understand crypto. I think all that shit is wild to me. But like I kind of treat it as like investments and I'll have money in one of my accounts and it's like a good amount of money. And Mm -hmm. my dad will be like, why do you leave it in there? What are you doing? And I'm like, I just just leave it like. It's not going down in value. It's not increasing. De- just leave it and let it let it just be there. Nothing's being pulled out. Right. So that's that's kind of how I treat it. So how was it different now than when you were younger? You said you weren't always in this space or this relationship with money. So what specifically is different and what was that moment that changed it? Hmm. That's a good one. I think for me, it was never, it was always like, and not to get too deep, but like. Oh, let's go deep. But like, yo, I like, I like freedom, right? So like creating those opportunities and like to be able to create content has done so much for me. And oftentimes when like people see my social media presence and then they see like what my show does, like downloads, which is like the biggest measuring stick for for pocket, they're like blown away. Some are taken back by it. They're like, what, this kid? Like I've had meetings with networks. I've had meetings with like other athletes that start podcasts and they see what my podcast does. And it's like, dude, to get someone to listen to you for an hour, whether it's 30 people or 500 people or a thousand people an episode, that's a fucking hour, dude. Like that yeah. is a commitment for them to listen to you. And it's like, yo, I've also been doing this for seven years, two episodes a week under no condition you're getting two episodes a week i've missed one episode i've had one one week episode in the seven years that i've done it and it was when my friend killed himself oh wow and then the next week though i put out three episodes so it's like (laughs) i hit i hit eight a month like that's my rule i hit eight shows a month and yeah obviously when that happened like it happened three hours before i was gonna go record i can't fucking go and record there someone that was that close to me right but it's like yo i live my life like get shit done that's my, the three words that I would say, like, describe me. It's like, yo, it's not always going to be nice. It's not going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. There's going to be some, like, whole shit that goes down. Mm-hmm. But you got to just get shit done. And, and for me, like, to bring it back to sports betting, it was always, I started treating it more as, like, investments. And that's when I really, because I would hear, like, yeah, I dropped out of college, right? And I'd be lying to you if I said I don't feel awkward out of certain conversations that my friends have because I just don't know, like, what dividends are. I mean, I do, right? But I'm just using it as an example. And, like, you know, percentage splits and all this shit. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I should have been paying attention. So I treat it as, like, investment opportunities for me. And that's that's kind of what I do. And then, yeah, when I want to go on a vacation, I'll take a little bit of money out of there, a little money out of here, put money back into it, too. And that's kind of when it all switched for me was when I'd say like 2020, like during COVID, that COVID football season, because like we weren't working. Yeah. So like money really needed to be like calculated. And it's weird because I feel like when you need money, it doesn't come. (laughs) It's so true. But when you have it, it's like more is coming. Mm -hmm. Like I've noticed like every time I've gone on these crazy like runs where last year for the Super Bowl, from the Super Bowl to like my birthdays in March, like I won like close to like $25,000 sports betting. Wow. And then from like my birthday to 4th of July, I think I lost like 8K. <laughs> so Like I couldn't hit a bet for nothing. Like I couldn't just, I just couldn't. Like I just got like super cold, but it was like. So what, do you think that there's something to that? Like are you superstitious or do you no, I believe in I, astrology, uh, dare I ask? Oh my God, don't <laughs> please. I have. Okay, I have to say someone told me to plant that because it, I was told it's a trigger for you. Yo, it lights me up. I think if <laughs> like, you Like do you bet differently when it's Mercury retrograde? <laughs> Yo. If you and and I know girls, I know girls. I've I've ruined a lot of relationships with girls over this thing. Like it does not go well for me, but I'm not backing down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was just really funny. Yeah, uh, <laughs> your nah, reaction. I, it's real. No, but share with me your thought process. Nah, but astrology sucks. And if if you make life altering decisions because you're a Capricorn, enjoy that one. I don't know what to tell you. That's that's your own thing. That's yeah. That's just weird as shit. Um, but. 
with the with the decisions i think i think it just became like understanding it more yeah i got, I got triggered now man that that we need a moment i think we have to cut to no, commercial no, no. break we're, we're, even though we don't have commercials nah, we're good it's just like yo i've met so many people that like within the first couple like dude me being a pisces has nothing to do with how i am and my personality okay at all at least that's what i think okay Right? No, I love and, this. This is important for us to unravel because this is, you know, we also want to dissect and understand your success. So yeah. Zodiac, astrology, planets, none of that at all registers. You're obviously incredibly against wanting that to be a part of the way you create yeah. in your life. So understandable. How then do you explain when you go on those cold streaks? I think what happens with me is that I fall into the trap and I've, i actually ran through this problem earlier this year um deja vu but i didn't make the same mistake because i learned from what happened last year right when i didn't hit a bet from like easter to fourth of july i did hit bets but it wasn't like it was a lot more depositing than it was taking money out right yeah and it was i was betting more because i had more and then i was betting to like yeah, I'm going to bankrupt them. <laughs> like, I'm going to put them out okay. of business. Like, I had gotten so full of my shit where I was like, yo, this is... And then I started betting... The big mistake that I made, truthfully, was I started betting on sports that I wasn't as strong in. Mm. And now I bet on... So you got on, a little cocky. The yeah, ego yeah, gets, yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. I got all this money. Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit more risk-taking. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's exactly it. So, so it was not Mercury retrograde. No, nah, it had nothing to do okay. with the moon being Noted. up and, and, and me being a Pisces. And I only know I'm a Pisces because when I have conversations with people, it's one of the first things that they ask. And they're like, what's your sign? I'm like, I'm a Pisces. They're like, oh, my God, I'm a Scorpio. I'm like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. <laughs> You know, like I just, I just can't, I just can't do it, man. It's, you know what else bugs me too, staying on this? Cause like, say, say your ex was a Pisces. Okay. What does that have to do with me? That I'm a Pisces. Say they were a piece of shit to you, right? Mm -hmm. Why is it now that like you meet me out at a bar and I tell you I'm a Pisces? You mm -hmm. ask me what my birthday is and you're like doing the whole scanning show. You're like, oh, he's a Pisces. Oh my God. Fucking Nate was a Pisces. Like, what does that, <laughs> Nate. Yeah, like we what hate does, Nate. Yeah, like what does that have to do with me? Right. And I'm I, asking, like, what would what would I? I don't identify. I don't identify with that. Okay. So I can't answer that. Um, there was a time when I started to, you know, I kind of got into it because the circles I was I was in did horoscopes and all the things, but I never really Ugh. fell. I, I never really. I so. never really fully embraced that um so i can't really relate. it doesn't fall into my repertoire now really what i've come to learn in the context of my life experiences is we create our reality based off of what we believe in and i know that a lot of women so food for thought so you can have maybe a little bit more look i'm counseling him i'm advising him i like <laughs> apparently. it i like it just so that you don't have to feel so hot under the collar when we talk about or the next chick that wants to date you, you know, says, what's your sign? I really have come to understand that we can create limitlessly. We can live our lives like there's different religions, right? Right. People who, you know, have uh, who are Catholic or, you know, Buddhist or whatever, they live their life and through rules and they will experience life through those rules. Just like our mindset is powerful, like you had a shift in your mindset around money and betting and gambling, all of that stuff evolves. So if someone wants to believe that Mercury retrograde fucks with them and their technology, they will have that experience because we can limitlessly create, I believe, as beings of whatever we are. Mm. Just like you identified that when you get a little bit cocky, that is your way that you just sort of express it. Do you understand? So it's not about, it's it's really our belief systems, I think, that create our reality. So if you choose not to identify with horoscopes or planets, it's not going to affect you. You have that power as a sovereign person. Yeah. Right. And no, that that's really interesting that you bring that up about like the experiences, because like I like living my life off experiences, too. You know, like I've had many situations which I'm sure everyone has that's listening and even yourself where 
maybe maybe Austin was a dick to you. Austin has been a dick to me. How dare you? But I've been a dick to him too. <laughs> but but like say, say <laughs> you know how. <laughs> but say but say Austin was like he was being shitty to you. But every time yeah. I see Austin, he's great. Right. So we have two different Austin experiences. Right. Who's right, who's wrong? Exactly. So I do think that like experiences are are really important and just like learning from them. That's why I like the cliche shit. It's they're just they become cliches because they become so annoying to mm-hmm. constantly bring up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it but it's all true so you're right i, I should look at it different because like i'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit well and i'm glad that that helps sort of yeah. you know open your mind a little bit about it. and and also you know as women we have traditionally not had the capacities or the skill sets that men can men can to create you know traditionally women stayed at home we tended to the children we made the home comfortable and we cooked the food that you men brought to us you went protected us you brought food to us you risked your lives for us so now as women have sort of evolved more and they're wanting sort of to balance out their masculine side and be a little bit more empowered in their ability to create we don't have the same innate tools and abilities that you guys have we're wanting to cultivate them and we don't always know how to do that so so seamlessly. The paradigms in which women have sort of found to live their lives by or through like the zodiacs and the planets, that's been, that's made sense to us. That's felt very sensitive and fluffy and feminine and and all of those things that women felt connected to. So it is very different for a guy who's obviously very masculine to to understand but it's it's kind of maybe from your perspective an unfortunate way to um live a life by but understand women just haven't had the skills or the ability to create so so, so would that you make say sense? yeah would you say that's like a guide then to guide you in like the right direction yeah it's like our equivalent of having a dad who would just be like you just go and work and you just make money and you just do it you just get it done for us like we don't fucking know how to do that like women you don't just do it traditionally we don't know how to just do shit right like in the home that's connecting and mothering and nurturing we know how to do that shit all day long you know naturally that you guys don't know how to do yeah so yeah i'm just thinking about like my childhood like growing up and yeah yeah, and, and so men and women are very different in that respect so you know, we connect differently. Like women, we need to talk about everything and we love connection. And even down to physically, like women bond so much after an orgasm. Like it's a it's a thing that connects us. We love the connection. Men, it's like as soon as you're released, it's like you're done and you want to go. It's <laughs> and reproduce. And there's not like it's a real thing. Yeah. So the whole horoscope, Mercury retrograde, whatever is just a way that we've it helps us feel connected and guides the way we do life because we don't have those types of guides. Like your men, male guides are totally fucking different than the way women are guided. Mm. So, you know, now it's kind of starting to blend a little bit, but I bet if we dove a little bit more into the women that were really guided by the Zodiac paradigm, we'd, it would reveal a lot about maybe their ability to create and create money and their level of success. Um, I'm willing to bet yeah. on that. <laughs> so, so my my whole thing is like I don't like when someone tells me that they're not compatible with someone because of their sign. Like that's weird to me. Like what does that like that is where it drives me crazy. Like, because that would be like so how I would frame that because I I try to be very not. I also have a high school education, so don't take me too seriously. I just want to mention that to everyone. No, no, but I no, it I don't think it has anything no, to do with your education. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it's it, this is a really fascinating conversation because it's almost like two religions speaking, saying, No, my way of believing in God is better than your way of believing in God, but they're just different. They're just different rules of conducting your life. You don't at all understand or maybe even respect the zodiac or whatever but to those people it's like it's their way of guiding it may not be efficient or effective or financially lucrative or or 
at all makes logical sense to you, but to them, it's like, that's my model of living life because that shit resonates with yeah. me and that's the only thing that makes sense. Well, I also you know? think like it doesn't need to make sense to me. Like I think, I think a big issue that, that happens in like the world is when people try to make everyone be down with something. Right, and they should And like be sometimes doing like, yo, yeah. you just don't understand it. Like one thing that really helped me with my relationship with my parents, and my relationship with my parents is 10 out of 10. Actually, it's even higher. Great relationship awesome. growing up. And I, I still, uh, to this day, I talk to them every day. And the thing that helped me the most was there was a line in a Kid Cudi song where he goes, I hope you understand that I really understand that they don't understand. And oh. it was like when I was going through how we were talking before, like my dad's successful, you need a degree, you need a nine to five He's a clock in, clock out type of guy. My mom in the education system. Mm. For them to just be like, oh yeah, my son is gonna go talk in front of a camera with no journalism degree, no broadcasting degree, no nothing like that. And he's gonna start making money and then people are gonna listen to this kid. Like why? Like they couldn't understand that. Yep. But I think like you don't need to let, you don't need to have people to understand you. Mm -hmm. As long as, and again, the cliche is like, all my friends knew that I was going to do something in sports, right? Like that was mm -hmm. what it was going to be. Who knows? Like my whole life, I wanted to be a football coach. That was like my main, main thing. Wow. Okay. But I was steered in the wrong direction because my dad was like, yo, what are you going to make? $40,000 a year? Like you can't support a family, this and that. And was he right? Was he wrong? Yeah. I don't, I never, I never really disagree with people. Like I think, cause again, experiences, right? You got to remember like my dad off the boat, Greek immigrant. Mm -hmm came here with no citizenship until he met my mom shit like that so i think like the experiences are so big and for me it always comes back to like basic principles of like the getting shit done and also when it comes like the the relationship with money and like the relationship with anything i think it just needs to be authentic and be open to like you convinced me like I, i'm gonna look at horoscopes differently now they're still going to drive me crazy when I meet a girl and she's like, oh, we can't talk because you're a Pisces. I'm going to be like, you're doing me a favor. So thank you. Yeah. Right? So like, <laughs> but I also. Understanding it and like, think of it as like their religion or their guide in life. Right. It's different. You may not at all agree with it, but you have acceptance. Then you get to choose. Do I want to have that kind of person who lives in that model in my life? Yeah. Right. Then you can very much have a neutral perspective. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm naturally cool. like, I'm naturally a curious guy. Like, I like asking questions. I like, that's why I think I do really well in podcasts. Like, every time I have someone on my show, and I've had, I've had some big names on my show, and when they leave it from, because, like, people come to the Wind Studio now with, like, a whole posse, and they make their rounds on podcasts and whatnot, and then there'll be people that are not the hosts. Because sometimes you'll get people to be like, oh, this is the best show I ever did. And you're like, was it really? Or are you just <laughs> saying that to make me feel good? Right. But when people that are not associated with him or her come and tell you, like, I think that's the best show he ever did, then you're like, huh. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I, another thing I got from my parents is like being curious and asking questions. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple, but I think people are embarrassed to not look dumb. I have no problem with that. If I don't know something, I'd rather, I'd rather tell you, yo, I don't know how to do this, than you be like, oh, we got Nick here. He could do it. After I've told you that I know how to do it. Yeah. Do you follow me? Yeah. Of like, I'd rather not get exposed. Like, imagine if I didn't know how to read, mm -hmm. right? And all this time, you're, you just assumed I knew how to read. And right. I'd be like, oh, I can help you with the reading. And right. then one day you're like, yo, help me with this ad read. And then I can't read. Yes. It's like, so I just, like, I'll just tell people, like, when I moved here, I learned how to teach, I, I taught myself how to do everything, mm -hmm. like the editing, video work. And it was good enough to get me to where I'm at now. Right. So and it's also a podcast. It's recording voices. It doesn't need to be no auto tune, anything crazy like that. Right. It's very simple shooting. And I just YouTube University. I just went there and right. I looked up how to do everything. And through trial and error, I got good at it. And then that's what led to me moving out here because I work in the control room. I do the stuff that Austin does behind the camera, mm -hmm. but then I'm also in front of it too. Right. At the win. It's a big deal. Like you've yeah, it's successful. It's uh it's it's been great A. Yeah. It's been great. It's, eh? been, it's been topping a lot. Yeah. That's so cool. 
We've talked so much about the money mindset and all of the goodies about um, betting versus gambling, but I do want to get a little bit into some of the challenges that you had. Mm. Um, you were talking a little bit before we started um, recording about depression and yeah. some suicide attempts or some suicide thoughts. Tell me a little bit about that. When did that happen? What brought that forward? Yeah, so it was, I'd say, I'd say 2018 was the number one pick for worst year of my life. Wow. Like unequivocally, nothing's close. And a lot of it had to do with, um, so uh, I'll be 32 in a couple weeks. I was 27 with braces. Okay. And I got braces because I was like, yo, I think I'm gonna be in front of a camera one day. And I didn't, I felt like insecure about, that was like the only insecurity I've ever had in my whole life. Really? With, with my teeth. Yeah, everything else is like nothing, not insecure about weight or height or financial, like nothing. That was the only thing, because I had baby teeth. So when I had baby teeth, it just looked like weird. And it led to a gap in the middle. And then uh, I wore braces for a year. And it was awkward, dude, like going to like hit on chicks at bars or start conversations. Was it's it like, like Invisalign that or the actual? Nah, I had like actual metal. Like the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got on top, I had cosmetic, which was like the white ones. Okay. So from like here to the door, you probably couldn't tell. But when we were this close, you'd be like, <laughs> dude's what's got up braces. With you, bro? Like, what's up, man? You, you, you 28 or you 18? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so, so I had that, right? And, uh, it cost like it was expensive it was it was an expensive commitment there and uh at the same time i was recording the podcast with the rest of my friends and then also i was going to become a police officer nassau county police officer and i got disqualified doing a 70 and a 50 with the work van and that ended up costing me close to twenty thousand dollars of my own money trying to fight it Oh, wow. For like retainer fees and he's a good guy and getting all these references and referrals and all this shit. Mm. And one of the best days of my life was when I got denied from the police academy when they like suspended me. And I was like, oh, my parents don't got to force me to do this thing. Cause like I was doing it cause my uncle's a cop, my other uncle's a cop. So like I respect them, I love them, I appreciate them. But like, I'm grossed out by guns to this day. Like I come to Vegas and everyone's fucking strapped. Like everywhere yep. I look, people are just, but to me, like growing up in New York, it was just weird. Like that was, you know, you're not allowed to carry unless you are an officer. Officer. So when I got suspended, it was like, I've never felt a weight get lifted off my shoulders more. Cause I was like, all right, what are they gonna say now? I was like, I passed the physical, I gave them all my paperwork. I've never done any drugs, mm -hmm. like ever. I've never mm -hmm. smoked weed, nothing. I just like to drink. As I mentioned before, my beer and pizza uh, uh, admiration. That yeah, I have. admiration. Um, so so yeah, I end up I end up failing it, and then my my one uncle talks to my other uncle, and they're like, "Oh, we could get it overturned. We know this lawyer and all this shit." And I end up spending twenty thousand of my own money, and like, yo, I was making four hundred fifty dollars a week like working with my dad and then oh, wow. and this was an accumulation of like three years of saving money and i was betting and i was winning too but like you know so and i was living and going on vacations and shit but i was still like yo no matter what i gotta save i gotta save half of it every month like that was my rule i save all this money and i and i punt it away on like retainer fees and then it doesn't happen and then um two retainer fees and like getting paperwork here and there it ends up being like close to like twenty thousand dollars and then they're like, yo, we could go fight it one more time, right? And and I was just like in my basement and my, my aunt comes downstairs and she's like, yo, you all right? I was like, nah, I was like, not at all. I was like, yo, I want you guys to know. And then I stopped talking to her and I went upstairs. I was like, I want you guys to know that if I become a cop, I'm gonna blow my brains out. So you guys decide. Cause it was like job security and pensions and all that shit. And like, oh, you're gonna have health insurance and all these things. And I just didn't want to do it. And ultimately they were like, you would have to stop content creating for like 18 months. You're on probation kind of thing. Can't be on the internet. I was like, yo, that's like career suicide. I'm just getting off the, getting my feet off the ground. I can't just like give up on this. And between that and being insecure with the braces and then like lying to my friends over dumb shit that ruined some relationships. Um, now I don't lie. Do I lie like if Austin is like, yo, you want to play Call of Duty tonight? I'll be like, nah, man, I'm really, 
I'm at the gym right now, bro. I can't. But I'm like in bed about to go to sleep. With like, pizza and beer. With pizza and beer. Yeah. You know, like I lie like that, but I don't lie in the sense where it's like life altering or anything like significant. Right. Sure. And I'm just being like completely transparent. And I just ruined a bunch of relationships with my friends because I was just not being myself and I was being pulled in so many different directions. And um, yeah, it just got like bad. And like, you know, I had no money left. I was like, yo, I just ran. Like I had this this grand idea to open up a food truck with my dad with the money I had and you know just like just bad 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 time and I just told my I told my family I was like yo if I go do this thing I'm gonna blow my brains out so you'll be happy I'm a cop but just know that's what's gonna happen so you and guys were you, were you really intent on that you, yeah I hit like I hit like just... October of 2018 was like the worst that ever got like every day just like man like fuck what am I doing here what am I you know all that all those conversations that you have and then also like it was just like chasing something I didn't want to do mm -hmm. all to make other people happy and it eats at your soul yeah it sucks and also like like I was telling you before I have a great relationship with my parents and and like I I never want to like when my mom was like you know I'm disappointed that you're just gonna drop out of I wasn't happy now we joke around and we goof mm -hmm. around because it worked out and we're only having this conversation it's easier for me to say and I'm so enthusiastic about it because it worked out. If right. it didn't, we probably wouldn't have even connected. Right. You know what I mean? So exactly. So it, it just got it just got like really bad. And like, you know, like some of my friends turned on me. They're like, yo, you're a piece of shit, dude. Like you're just not like something's happened. You're not and I don't blame them at all. Cause like I wouldn't have wanted to be friends with me during that time either. Wow. You know, did so, you know that at the time or you didn't know? No, nah, I didn't know that at the time. After. So you, you blame them like those fucking friends they dropped Yeah, of course me. I yeah. did. Yeah, like, dude, I was always there, you know, shit like that. But then you realize, <laughs> I think that's why, again, going back to experience. Yeah. You know, and now, like, I, I always say this. I have five people in my life who their opinions or the things they say to me matter a lot. Mm -hmm. Like a lot, a lot. But I'll never let them know that because I don't want them to ever have that power over me. Mm. To manipul uh, manipulate me or to influence me in the wrong way. But those five people, and they're not all family members, they're not all friends. There's some people that I've crossed paths with once or twice. But it's like, I respect them, I appreciate them, I see how they move, I see how, you know, little shit. Like, I, I look at little shit. Like, when a guy's dating a girl, if he holds the door for her, I'm like, yo, you're a real ass man. You know, shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like, just the, the most little details I look at, and I'm able to, to just, like, get a good read on on individuals i'm not gonna say that i'm perfect at reading people because i don't think anyone is but like i do have like th there's certain people where I, i've told like george who uh works over here I, i'm sure you probably met george oh, but yeah. i'll tell him like yo that one dude is weird as fuck bro you know and just like yo i don't get him i want to like stay away it's not austin dude i, I got I love for austin i want to point that out but like yo there there are some there are some people that i just get like weird vibes from and i kind of just like keep them like not an arm's length, like three arms length. Sure. You know? Yeah. But there are people in my life that like, you know, if if I ask them for a favor, if I ask for their opinion, I know they got the right intentions for me and they're looking for my best interests. But yeah, it was bad. It was bad then. It got really bad. So when you finally made that decision to tell your family, was that when things changed for you or did it get worse no, before it, it got, got better? It got way worse because my dad didn't like my dad would talk to me, but it would only be for like work things. And like my relationship with my pops is always like, you know, you know, growing up teenage shit, like I'd get mad at him and I'd talk to him for two, three days and then he'd come and be like, yo, you think Real Madrid is winning this weekend? Are we betting on him? Aww. And then like everything would just like disappear. You guys are so good at that. Chicks tend to hold grudges. I never really understood that because I grew up with yeah. guys. Like I've my two older brothers always had their friends over at our house. So I get men. And you guys can just drop it. You fight it out or you just say your shit. You take a break and then yeah. things pick up like nothing ever nah, happened. That's a, that's a real thing. And I'm a, I'm an only child. So I, I, my group, of, I've, I've had the same group of friends since I was like eight, nine years old. Like same group to this day. We're in a group chat together. We always like now everyone has lives. I've moved. My other friends in Texas, my other friends in Florida. But like we get together for weddings. We get together for our fantasy league, shit like that. Yeah. But we talk like every day and it's always been like I have a rule where if you're if you're one of my people in a public setting, I'll ride for you. 
Like, I got your back. I'm not going to let you get embarrassed. But, like, when we're in the car together going back, I'm going to be like, yo, Leslie, you're a piece of shit back there. <laughs> but I would never say that in front of a crowd of other people. Like, I'd be like, yo, don't talk to her like this. You know, like, I'd stand up for you. Right. But but that's how I am with all, like, my people. But in private, I'll be like, yo, you were fucking shitty there. Like, what were you thinking? Like, but that's different, though, because then you don't feel embarrassed right. if I was to just be like, yo, what are you doing? Are you great? You know, like. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and like with my friends too to this day like I have friends that will be like yo bro you were like that was fucked up what you did to me the other night like I didn't like that and I'd rather that like I'd rather someone the criticism like yo my parents talked the most shit to me you know <laughs> like growing up like that was and when I was going through that phase where I was like super depressed my mom had told me she's like yo you gotta like get it together like I had gotten fat and like going through all this stuff with like the cops and and all that she's like dude you're like throwing all your potential away and just like not. so you gained weight when you were going through this depressed period of time yeah okay so. i was already like in the 220s 230s mm -hmm. but then that put me like over the top so your depression manifested as the weight gain you're probably acting more like an asshole to your friends yeah you said you're saying certain things that pushed people away yeah um was your sleep affected was your i mean you I were mean, thinking yo, heavier negative thoughts i mean i can't tell you the last time i've slept comfortably like to this day i just and it's not from like being depressed or anxious mm. it's just for years i've grown accustomed to like two three four hour naps a day like i just two or three two separate three four hour naps like that's how wow. so what yeah. is your sleep schedule i'll probably be in bed around like 12 31 wake up at around 5 36 mm -hmm. and then i mean like today i've been up since 6 30 okay. and then i gotta go home and edit but like tomorrow i'll probably do the same thing and then after work i'll probably take a nap for two three hours and then go to jujitsu or go work out again and and is it strategic because of your content creation that you're up that earlier that's just how your rhythm is no nah, i'm a i'm i'm a wake up and i don't need coffee i don't need nothing like i'm i'm ready to go like right away mm. yeah and it and it sucks because like there'll be times where if i'm sleeping and someone wakes me up i can't go back to bed and yeah. then it's just devastating it's like fuck man right so you yeah. have focus mode and all that shit on your yeah phone. now i my there have been so so I don't bring my phone into my bedroom. I leave it out in the living room. And I didn't start doing that until I moved out my parents' crib. So I moved out during COVID because I got a two bedroom apartment in Queens and my one room was like a studio like this. Like I had a whole soundproof the walls, microphones, tables set up, and I treated it like an office space. And it wasn't until I lived on my own where I didn't have a TV in my room. I just had one TV in the living room. And then I would leave my I didn't have a phone charger by my bed. Oh, okay. So I would just leave it in the living room and I would go to sleep like in just like a, and it was a struggle for me, like bad. I couldn't sleep for like the first month I was, and it wasn't because I was homesick. Yeah. It was because I wasn't comfortable to like not having my laptop with me yeah. or my phone with me. And then, but now it's the best thing. Like I just bring it to the living room or the kitchen. I charge it mm -hmm. and then I go right to bed. I could fall asleep within like 10 minutes. That's amazing. Yeah, it's the best. Our brains are so, so much creatures of habit. Yeah. We have to, you know, break, actively break through those patterns sometimes. I'm a cold turkey guy. Like I could yeah. just decide like tomorrow, I'll, like, I'll do this diet or I won't drink. Like I've gone on spurts where like I won't drink for two, three months. Not because I'm doing a diet or anything, just because like I work out a lot mm -hmm. and I don't want to, um, I don't eat as clean as I should. Like, all my friends, when they see how much I train and work out, they're like, dude, you should have the best body anyone's ever had. But I was like, yo, I like drinking on the weekends. And I like my and, – and just, like, I like drinking beers and IPAs and, like, Blue Moon is my favorite and pizza, you know? So, like, that's not, the, that's, not the best, that's not the best thing for you. But it's um, – everyone, everyone is, is different, right? Like, you might not be able to do what I did as far as, like, just leaving your phone out your bedroom. And I might not be able to do a lot of things that you you do. Like, mm -hmm. that's part of your regimen. Like, I can never stay up for 24 straight hours. Like, nah, I'm not in college no more. I'm not doing that. But that's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. I need sleep. I enjoy sleep. But I do like the naps. Like, the naps is 
Yeah. But also you gotta earn them too. Like you gotta earn the naps. I feel like if you haven't done nothing all day, like every day you're chilling, like I do a lot of shit. Yeah. So it's like I've earned that two hour nap. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me, sleep is like money. You know, people obsess so much about getting sleep mm. that they end up creating fatigue or um, this need and this obsession around it that ends up creating dysfunction. And you have to be kind of okay with allowing that flow, that fluidity of resources, sleep, you know, just trusting in that process. And, but I think there's a lot of trust in yourself. Yeah, right? there is. And also, I think the main thing for me is you have to understand that you're trying to be perfect in the most imperfect world as far as sports betting. Like professional sports bettors, 55%, if they could hit on a yearly basis, they could do it for a living. Like if you brought a 50, like growing up in the public school system in New York, 65 was passing, right? Mm -hmm. Like from scale of one, one to 100. A 55, you failed. Yeah. So like that was a failing grade in high school. But now that's like, holy shit, you're a professional better. Wow. And you have to understand that like, yo, you're, anyone that tells you like, oh, I'm 98 picks in a row I've hit you like yo bro you're capping like enough like you're lying that <laughs> shit is not that's not true it's the biggest scam out there and like you have to and, and one thing that I've been able to build my my fan base and audience on is like I use the clown emoji a lot so when I post a bet like I post my my losses too I'll just be like the clown emoji be like wow that was that was horrible yeah like yeah. but a lot of people only post their wins right. but you gotta let people know especially with betting becoming more and more so in the public eye mm -hmm. where it wasn't too long ago like five years ago sports networks didn't have betting mentioned like you couldn't even mention that a team was a three-point favorite now they have premium channels on their network that you have to pay a subscription for that's only sports betting wow right so like times are changing and it's just important to just be transparent with anything but especially with sports betting like yeah. you gotta you gotta just be honest and it doesn't it doesn't hurt anyone mm -hmm. it hurts people when you tell them that like yo i'm the best better ever it's like, no, you're not. It's impossible. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. All right, we are at time. This was so cool. We covered so much shit today. Yeah. Right? From betting, sleep. Horoscopes. Horoscopes. You got me into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The next time I see him, he's going to ask me what my birthday is so yeah. he knows my horoscope. Oh, my God. I <laughs> love it. All right, Nick, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, all of you follow his podcast. It's awesome. You've got quite a following going on. Um, Veterans Minimum. Check it out. Until next time, everyone.